Father, we thank you for the word, the ever-sustaining, life-giving word that we have been given by your own design and wisdom. May we understand what is being dispersed this morning. Let it fall on good ground, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I am uh, deeply concerned about many Christians in the world today who do not seem to have a sound mind. For some reason or another, they don't seem to understand how to obtain a sound mind. And this is causing a lot of problems in the body of Christ because there is no commonness in the faith. There is division and dispersion of the word that has no meaning. And so people's minds are being manipulated by the devil and by people who don't know the word and are preaching it as though it is the word. And so this morning I want to share a few things that the Holy Spirit wants to share with us about what is coming in the last days and how to prepare oneself for it. In Romans chapter 10 verse 18 the word of God says, but I say have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. Pay particular attention to this verse because it's talking about hearing and a sound. Hearing and a sound. Now let's go to Isaiah 26, 3. says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Amen. Two things, sound and mind. Please keep that in mind as we continue on. And now let's go to 2 Timothy. And we're going to look at chapter 1. And verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. Please hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. That He is associating sound with the mind that is let's say noise or verbalization with the mind it says god has not given us the spirit of fear but of love and of power and of sound mind it's an interesting concept what is a sound mind I think the only sound mind is the mind of Christ. Amen. Amen. Every other mind is not so very sound. Could be somewhat sound, but not very sound. Or altogether sound. And depending on circumstances and situations, the mind can be quite unsound. But Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. 
the unchanging mind of Christ. It doesn't change at all. So the mind of Christ and the sound associated with the mind of Christ becomes extremely important. So if we don't hear, we cannot stabilize our mind with the word of God. So the sound mind, instead of giving you the spirit of a sound mind, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about God. He's not giving you your own mind only. He's also giving you the mind of Christ. Now, it depends on where you're at as to how much you have of your own mind over the mind of Christ, depending on what you have heard and what you are telling yourself. So telling yourself is as much hearing as you hearing someone else telling yourself. Amen? Only thing is you're not verbalizing it, you're thinking it. But it carries with it a certain message. Now let's go to Job 37. Verses 1 to 5. At this also my heart trembleth and is moved out of his place. Hear attentively the noise of his voice and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. He directed it unto the whole heaven and his lightning unto the ends of the earth. After it, a voice roareth. He thundereth with the voice of his excellency, and he will not stay them when his voice is heard. God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he which we cannot comprehend. So here we seem to associate, the Bible seems to associate sound with voice and about the enormity and the severity of that voice. Now let's go to Romans chapter 8. Verses 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray, for as we ought, by the Spirit itself, make an intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he make an intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You see, a groaning is a sound. It seems to emanate from within our inner man. Now is it the groaning of the spirit or are you just groaning because you're in pain or in trouble or in some other situation? Well, if you are making a sound of some sort concerning your situation, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit knows about it. You might be the only one thinking that you're going through that without anybody else knowing, but the Holy Spirit knows about it. And then the Holy Spirit begins to intercede on your behalf and my behalf concerning the travail of our soul and of our spirit because He knows the mind of God and He knows the mind of the person. Now if the groaning comes out of our souls through the Holy Spirit, through out of our vocal cords and out of our bodies through the Holy Spirit because He's using us as a vessel to pray for ourselves or for a situation. We were in a conference about 600 people and the man of God preached a very strong message 
And uh, then he came, he didn't give an altar call, but he finished the message. And then he said, Father, break their hard hearts. Now they had dead silence. Then he said again, Father, break their hard hearts. Now he had. And then the third time he said, Father, break their hard hearts. And the Spirit of the Lord hit me. I'm talking when he hit me. I mean, he hit me. Right? And out of my belly and through my throat came this very loud yell that cut through the atmosphere of 600 people being there. And we all began to repent unto the Lord. The determination of the Spirit that day was that the church or the 600 people at the conference had a hard heart. And he needed to break that. So he used me as a vessel, broke my hard heart first, and out of my heart came, my belly came this loud groaning and voice. And I ended up under the chair, and I was under the anointing for two days after that. Sound and mind. What is what is sound? What is sound? We've got to understand what is sound. Let's go to Romans chapter ten. Eight to ten. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So, in these two past verses, or three verses, we can pick up that the ear, the heart, the mouth, and the mind are connected. Okay? We have doctors who do ENT, ear, nose, and throat. It's all connected. Okay? The Holy Spirit connects what you hear through your ears into your heart and causes you to confess something out of your mouth that you believe. And everybody comes into agreement in your mind. And you have salvation. Now salvation as in not eternal life only, but of your situation, of prosperity, of health, of relationship, of soundness of mind, of multiplication and reproduction, all of these things associated with your salvation. Salvation is a package deal. Some things you get now, some things you get later in salvation. So eternal life comes after, though it starts now on the earth. But you have to work at your salvation with fear and trembling. To protect that eternal life that is in you. So you have to keep confessing Christ. You have to keep confessing what you believe. Otherwise you lose sight of God. You lose sight of Christ and what He did for you. And you fall into despair. And you fall into situations that you shouldn't be. So sound becomes extremely important. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14.10. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. What the Apostle is telling us is that everything, whether it be an animate object or inanimate object, whatever it may be, has a sound. Okay? Now that sound is going to affect you in one way or another. So to channel that sound correctly is the key to keeping your mind. 
If you don't channel that sound correctly, it will affect your mind. Let's go to 4, 1 Corinthians 14, 7 and 8. And even things without a life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is pipe or harp? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for battle? This is a common problem in Christianity. They don't know the sounds, so they don't know how to fight. They don't know how to prepare themselves when the fight is going to take place because they haven't been listening. Right? They're walking around with their thoughts in some other place and they're not ready. So what is so often misunderstood is because of language. Even the English language has got so much of weakness in it that it cannot be expressed correctly. So if, if a, a tone uh, can, can make a change in a person's understanding and thinking of what the other one is saying. When the en enemy attacks, in the old days when the villagers used to attack each other, they'll give out a bone chilling sound before they attack so that you, you know, even though you may be prepared in some way for an attack, may not be fully prepared, but they'll let out this loud yell before they come to attack you because they freeze you for a second. If they can freeze you for a second, they have the advantage, they have the surprise. And then they attack and they take you out through that because that one moment of freeze which goes right into your you know, bones, into your very inner man, freezes you and you fall into that trap of fear and rejection. That's what the language does. Example of a husband shouting at his wife. The husband shouts at his wife and, and she goes into rejection. She gets put in a spot where she gets fear that the sound mind leaves her. She may be a Christian, she may be a born again Christian, <coughs> but the sound mind leaves her because now all her senses are being attacked by this bone chilling yell of the husband on the wife. Or vice versa, or a parents to a child. So your words carry a sound and a tone with it that changes the atmosphere for another person or for the realm of the spirit. It just depends on where you apply it. So when that happens, it, you know, the, the tone can carry intention and a projection of harm, whether it be physical or, or verbal abuse. It can carry that harm, that intent, and you can discern that that person is not being friendly towards you, or loving, or caring, or kind. And so you go into rejection, and your sound mind leaves you. Fear is the reason for bad decisions in life. Now you might think of fear as something like, you know, you're falling off the edge of a cliff or something like that. But no, that's not necessarily the fear. The only kind of fear that is around. The fear is in your intimidation that has been caused by years of thinking the wrong way. And the reason you're thinking the wrong way is because you've been fed that information Right or wrong, you've been fed that. So oftentimes we get cases where people will blame their parents or their situations in life before or something else that has happened for the reason that they are the way they are and that is partially true. I wouldn't say it's 100% true. It's partially true and it's not always true. Because if you're a Christian, you should have gone over the past 
with the sound mind of Christ. That means you have not received the spirit of love, you have received the spirit of fear. So to discipline yourself, to come into love rather than go to fear, you have to change your mind and you have to start hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you through His Word which will bring the right sounds. The calming sound, you know, the sound that makes you understand. And then trusting Christ becomes easy. No matter what situation you face in life. The reason we fear is because we don't trust Christ. Yeah. That's all. Mm -hmm. There's no other reason. So he says, I'm not fear, I'm love. So if he's love, then there's no fear in love. That's what the Bible tells us. So if we are not, if we are fearful, then we are not loved. Or we don't feel the love, or we don't know the love. But what we are looking for is a natural love. Not the agape love. Not the love that is of a father in heaven. Not the love of Christ who died for us on the cross. Or the Holy Spirit that is shed abroad in our hearts. The love of God. So we leave that aside and we go for the natural rather than for the spiritual. Because the natural is more visible. More accessible. And our senses go towards that. We don't stop to think that there is a greater power in the spiritual through the word that you can access this word and this word will speak to you and bring assurance into your life. That all is well. No matter what you're going through. Once we trust Jesus and his word both written and spoken we have reached a point of no more fear. Amen. Unfortunately, many Christians have not reached that place. Because the application is not a one-off, a one-time application, but it is a continuous application of the Word of God in every situation when you get up in the morning till you go to bed at night. Or even in the middle of the night when you are being attacked in your dreams or by demonic forces. Because if the demon comes to you in the night, you know, he, he's got you in when your subconscious is down. You're not, you're not fully geared up, your armor is not fully up. So he got you when your subconscious is down, but because you are prepared, because you trust in the Lord, when you open your eyes, your spiritual eyes, and you see this demon, you say to him, in the name of Jesus. You, 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 you bring out a weapon from your mouth that carries a sound that shakes him to the core, and he runs. He came in one way and he doesn't know which way to go because he's got seven exits. Yes. And he begins to realize, hey, hang on a second, this guy has no fear. I better not attack him because I'm frightened of <coughs> they, him. They're always frightened, by the way. They're always frightened because they're not in God. They cannot be loved. They don't know love. <clears throat> they have rejected love, so they became demons. So we must understand that words have a sound. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 6. On the day of Pentecost, When the, word, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised, now listen here, the word noised is used. And when this noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now listen here carefully. The sound was not a word. It was a sound. It came from heaven. As though it was like a rushing mighty wind. It filled the room. And came upon the disciples who were gathered there. <laughs> and now listen what happened. They started putting out a sound of the Holy Ghost. That came out in words and in languages that others could understand and got saved. A sound translated itself into a human being and translated out of the human being by words and defeated the atmosphere and broke every religious thought that there was in that place at that time. And they said, how could this be? You know, there are people in the world today, big evangelical Christians with big names, who talk about the cessation of cessation of cessation of gifts. And I feel for them because they don't understand. I said there is nothing quite like an encounter with God that will break your theology. <laughs> Because you have built it up so carefully over the years with doctrines and all sorts of other things, you know, watching YouTube and uh, CTube, I don't know what other tubes you get, but you watch all of those things and then you form an opinion about what God is saying. On one hand you see the evil, the other hand you see the good, the other side you see this, you see that, and you think, wow, what's going on? You know, I'm, I'm confused. Because you cannot settle on one doctrine or one theology anymore because there are so many out there. They all got sounds, they're all piping something and harping something to pull the rats towards their direction. And we ourselves, we are creating doctrines within ourselves to make it look like we have heard and we are going to do something that will pull people in our direction. But the Holy Spirit, who is the living God, sends out a sound that shatters the snake's eggs. The Bible says the pocketress eggs are shattered by a sound. Snake's eggs are demonic spirits of the devil. You want to break a demon? Use the sound of heaven. And that's not shouting. That's not shouting. Use the authority. Another thing that happened on the day of Pentecost was that these people didn't have a reference point. Of what was going to happen or how it was going to happen. Except the words of Jesus, Luke 24, 49. He said, go away to Jerusalem, I will send you power from on high. They did not know how it was going to come. They had no reference points. It came. And then they had a reference point when Peter got up and he said, this is what was prophesied. Excuse me, this is what was prophesied when? When did Joel live? He put out a sound as the prophet. People weren't listening. He said, though, God said, though I speak to men with stammering lips, they will not listen. 
Imagine someone coming to you and saying, I mean, what does it mean? That's why they're laughing at us. You're Pentecost. What are you talking about? You're Pentecostals. What are you talking about? So we don't know what we're talking about. Then you must be mad. <clears throat> then somebody says, gives an interpretation. And he says, oh, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. What, but what if there isn't an interpretation? It's only a sound. In our ears, it's only a sound because it's not making any sense to us. But you are releasing a sound from your very inner man that the Holy Spirit put there into the atmosphere, into the throne room of God, and it is going in there and it is speaking the mysteries of God. And then from heaven comes the edification into your soul and into your spirit and the power of God surrounds you and all around you begin to fall. I've been practicing the presence of God. So now when I go to the pulpit, I don't try to talk too much, except here. Because this is a different environment. Because I don't want to say anything that might disturb what the Holy Spirit wants to say and do. So when I give the altar call, the whole church gets up and comes up. It shocks me every time. Why would 80, 90% of the church, two, three hundred people in the church get up and come up? I'm thinking to myself, I didn't preach that later message. But nothing to do with the message. Maybe it has something to do with the message. I don't know. But it has something to do with the sound. Now all of them are in different places in their Christian walk. Some of them are not saved, they're Hindus or whatever they are, but they come out. So on the day of uh, the, the uh, day we went into the slums in Mumbai, we called, we said, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they said, no. So I said, stand in a row, leave a foot uh, a distance between you and the next row and stand there. There are 29 people standing there. I began to pray and the Holy Ghost fell and 29 people started uttering the sound. Amen. Each one different to the other. They were all... What does that mean? Somebody walk in there and they'll say, What are these guys doing? This is a cult. What are they doing? They're letting out a sound that they cannot contain because the Holy Spirit has entered. Mm-hmm. My friends, when the Holy Spirit enters you and you can't contain Him, you better let Him out. Yes. Don't worry about who's there next to you, whether someone's holding your hand or they think that your theology is right or your doctrine is right because I tell you when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your mouth and gets a hold of your tongue you don't stand a chance because what comes out of your mouth is going to shock you and it's going to shake you in your boots because he's talking what he wants to talk. What do we do? We shut him up. And we want to bring him back into line because we're so worried about the denomination or the pastor or what people will say or what they will think that we cannot allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Yes. That's why the church has shut him out of the church. Yes. Because they have come to him with their theologies and their doctrines and they don't want to let him talk. Yeah. This happened again. Another 30 people in another scenario got baptized in the Holy Spirit. But one person was uttering a different sound. Now he said, how do you know that? Because everyone is going ba 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 And this one person is also going ba 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 But I said, that's not from God. 
So I told the pastor, that's not from God. The devil also makes a sound. So in other words, you can't discern sounds. That's what I'm trying to tell you. On the day of creation, a sound went out. On the day of creation, God spoke. And the sound went out. And darkness ran to light. Think about it. It says the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it. So when the sound came, sound and light came, God said, let there be light. Darkness ran. <laughs> it never experienced anything like it in its entire existence. So every time it hears the sound of God, it hides. Now, if there's darkness in your heart, you too will hide. Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship with God. Right? And then they heard, now hear this, they heard the sound of God. Of God walking in the Now. How did, how did they know it was God? Because they, they have obviously heard it before. You see, God's been speaking to us. We've heard it before. And we've become familiar with it. So we don't pay attention. But when they sinned, they hid. And when they heard the sound of God walking. You see, before my mother used to come to the house, we used to know because we hear the sound of her coming. And fear would come upon us because we were playing up in the house. And we'd go and hide everything that we were not supposed to touch so that she doesn't see it when she comes. And that's what we do with sin. In the presence of the Lord. So we go to Him in the presence of the throne room and we say, Oh, Father, we love you, we worship you, you know, you're great, you're this, that, and the other. And we're telling him all the good things that he is whilst we're hiding the sin. Yeah. And he says, excuse me, have you finished talking? I want to tell you something about what's going on with your life. And we don't want to hear it. So we hide. Darkness is like that. They heard the sound before they saw the person of God. And every time a sound goes out, it travels. It travels a distance that it's supposed to travel. So words create a sound. And if the Christian hears the sound of God's word, word they will be fine. Nothing will happen. If it, is, if it is God and you're walking righteously with God, <coughs> and you hear the voice of God, you are in the perfect place. No matter what else is going on around you. Let's go to 1 Kings. 19. I'm going to look at verses 11 to 13. Talking about Elijah's encounter with God. And he said, in verse 11, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, after the fire they still small. A still small voice. So here's all this thundering and whatever else that was going on, wind and tearing on, and God was not in it, though He was creating it. It was not the intention of God to, that, that He should hear God's voice in any of those things. Though He saw the glory, He saw the power, He saw the, the, the tremendous uh, uh, you know, strength of all that was going on around Him. 
He didn't want him to hear that voice. He wanted to hear, wanted him to hear the still small voice. What was the still small voice? To go into the inner man. I want to meet you in the temple, in the innermost sanctuary. But you're too busy with all the earthquakes and the fires and all the other things that are going on around you that you cannot spend time with me for one minute in the temple in the inner man. You're trying to hear, oh, you know the fires in Australia, oh, there's coronavirus somewhere else, oh, you know God is bringing judgment in this place and that place and this and that, and you're looking at all of those things and God is saying, just shut up and listen to the still small voice that is talking to you inside. Oh, I've got to wash my hands, I've got to do this, i got to do that. You know, Elijah was in a bad place. He'd just seen the incredible miracle of God, the fire of God come, consume the sacrifice, all that sort of stuff. And then Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. And he ran and under the juniper tree and he said, I'm going to, Lord, it's time for you to take me. And then God said, no, you eat this and go 40 days up the mountain and meet me over there. And this is when he had that encounter with God because he needed an assurance. Yeah. He had a mantle, so what? Big deal. Well, the mantle was taken away by Jezebel because she chased him. And he ran with his man. You know how many pastors and leaders in the world today, in churches, are being chased by the Jezebel spirit? She's taking them out like flies. She tried it here so many times. But God made me someone who eats Jezebel spirits for breakfast. <laughs> because the first seven, eight years of my life as a full-time servant of God, I got chased by her regularly. And I ran with my tail between my legs. I ran. I'm not ashamed to tell you I was scared. The biggest scare that I had was my reputation. So when I came here, she tried the same thing about reputation and I said, you are finished. Because I've taken my reputation and put it in file number 13. You know what file 13 is? The trash bucket. Get rid of your reputation. Elijah had to lose his reputation. He had just been lifted up when the fire came and God had done all the miracles, everything. He lifted him up. Jesus lost his reputation on the cross, naked before his father, before his mother and his disciples. And he had done all the miracle signs and wonders and they said to him, you know, you did all of that, now get off the cross. They had no idea what God was doing. Elijah had no idea what God was doing and he said, just listen to the still small voice. Yeah. Elijah needed assurance and he needed direction. We all do. Don't keep yourself. Because circumstances will come into your life, no matter what age you are, that will try to shake your confidence in Christ. Always. I personally believe there's a point of no return with regard to fear. That nothing by any means shall move you or hurt you when you get to that point. Because fear is under your feet. Fear is defeated. And when assurances come in sounds, you know, you begin to eat of it and you begin to drink of it because therein is your strength yeah. so all i do is put on some christian music worship songs that i like to listen to 
I really would love to play a song for you this evening, this morning, but I don't know. It has been speaking to me because it's carrying a song of the blood of Jesus right into the deepest part of my soul. I don't even know what it is. All I know is that when I put it on, all things fade away. Joy and peace comes. Adam and Eve were fine with God's voice walking in the garden and they were without sin, without sin. But the moment they sinned, the voice that they heard was no longer acceptable to their flesh. Hear me now. The voice was no longer acceptable to their flesh. So the flesh ate. But the spirit was longing. And that's where you are. That's exactly where you are. That's why you want revival. That's why you want the presence of the Lord. That's why you want to see God move. That's why you want this and that of God to come down here. But your flesh has gone away far. You have to kill the flesh. You see, when God came down on Horeb and Mount Sinai, they said, please don't talk to us. We can't handle this sound. We can't handle this loud voice and, and, and this sound that is coming with your presence. You know, we don't, we don't want that. It was a very sad time when they rejected God. The Holy Spirit is the still small voice speaking in our hearts to bring us to the understanding of what is right and wrong and how to walk in the presence of the Lord. He is the sound of heaven coming to give us assurances and at the same time give us warnings. That's why Jesus said, if you have an ear, Remember what I said, the ear, the heart, the mouth, the mind, the connected. If you have an ear. See, they built monuments for God. They did not want what God wanted. They did not want what God wanted. Do you know how hard it is to stand in the face of your fellow brothers and sisters and tell them what God wants. I went to a church in Dubai to preach. And the whole church was run by elders. And they were an evangelical church. They didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord said to me, you are speaking on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Have you ever sweated, perspired from the inside? It's a unique experience. It drives you to your knees. It drives you to your knees. Because you want assurances that that was God. Because if you make a mistake, you're going to be run out of town, tarred and shoved on a pole and of course and dragged out. And they did that to me as well. Because I spoke what God told me to speak. Well, that day he saved my bacon, he, he baptized them in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> No, it's the still small voice that makes a sound and if you have it here, you can hear it. I'm going to conclude now. Sounds are important because they convey a message. They translate into words of understanding as well. 
They bring what is needed in any situation, even in creation. If you need a creative miracle, ask God to speak into that situation and He will do it. We had a lady who had broken her wrist. She was quite old and you know she was in tremendous pain because they put some metal on her and the screw had not been properly placed. And that was causing her a lot of problems. She was a good friend of the family. And I've been listening to Randy Clark about praying for people with metal in their body. I said, man, I've got to give this a try. And sure enough, a couple of attempts later, she never had a pain. And I believe, though I didn't ask her to go and take an X-ray, I believe the metal left her body. She had absolutely no pain. And we used to visit her regularly and she had a lot of pain from that screw that was not fixed properly. So there's a sound of creation and recreation that has gone out into all the world. And it's saying, listen to this sound. Get saved, get healed, get delivered. Come into the presence of the Lord and walk with God. And because of the sounds, we can hear and know the times. Let's go to Revelation chapter 8 verse 6. Revelation chapter 8 verse 6. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. They were going to make a lot of noise. What do you suppose that verse is talking about? Just sound? Or? That, that you could not be prepared in your Christian walk at any given stage unless you heard the sound of preparation. That's why so many things take us by surprise. See, when the devil is coming nowadays, I can see him from far away. I can hear him from afar. He talks in a particular way. So you know the sound. The warnings that are coming in the book of Revelation are already here. The trumpets are sounding. Are you listening? See, the, 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 the great problem is with the mind. The mind keeps telling us, okay, no, nah, she'll be right, mate. Don't worry about it. Everything will just be the, exactly the same. Only thing it's getting worse in the other parts of the world, as long as it doesn't come to your doorstep, that's fine. So you're going to find a cave somewhere and hide because you want to get as far away from that thing is so that you can assure yourself and keep your sound mind. You know, there were millions, probably three to four million people in Syria that had absolutely no idea of what was coming to them. And then the sound of the planes and the bombs that fell caused them to be killed, murdered and raped. And then they ended up three million refugees on the border of Syria. I always think about that. Their kids were playing in the field. In the streets, they were eating their Lebanese bread or whatever it is that they ate. They were enjoying life. And their own master, their own president, their own flesh-eating scoundrels killed them. That's why I wrote this article, The Dogs of War. Please read it. It's very important. Because these spirits are in the church and they want to kill us off. They are flesh-eating 
learning rotten scoundrels. You should know how to be ready for what is coming and what is already happening. You cannot prepare for battle unless you hear the sound. Numbers 10 verse 9. And if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresses you, then you shall blow an alarm with the trumpets. Where are you, Jack? Where's your trumpet? <laughs> you shall blow an alarm with your trumpet. And ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and you shall be saved from your enemies. Now here, listen to this. You know, you're only going to make a sound. Right? You are not interceding for 10 hours a day and for fasting for 40 days. No, 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 no. You are only going to make a sound and you are going to say, Oh! And God knows what you are saying. He understands every word of that sound. He knows exactly what you are saying. And he kills your enemies off. That's why we blow the shofar. Okay. You probably had enough of this. Romans chapter 10, verse 18. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the earth. Now 1 Kings 18, 41. Elijah was on the mountain. He heard the still small voice. And this is what it was said. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. What did he hear? That the famine was broken, the drought was broken. And the rains come. And that's what's going to happen here. Not only here, around the world. But the drought has been broken. And the rain is on its way. Now gird up your minds and run. Because the fire of God is going to fall and consume the sacrifice that has been placed upon the altar through the years of our toil, through the years of our pain, through the years of our tears, the years of crying unto the Lord, of making sounds and speaking to the Lord. It is coming. Right? But you know, you get tired. Your mind says, no, this is all an illusion. It's a lie. I just go to church, pay your tithes, and sing a few songs and go home and live the rest of the week like the devil. Don't worry. And when the rain, when the revival comes, then try and join it. You'll be left out. You will be left out. Because he says the others will get into heaven before you would. Because the gospel was preached to you and you rejected it. The gospel was preached to you and you rejected it. You put it to the dogs and to the pearl, your pearls, the swine. You didn't listen to the Father in heaven telling you, you know, I'm there for you in all of your situations and circumstances. I'm going to see you through this. There's no other way. There's no other way. The sound is coming. Get ready for it. And it's not like, you know, you're going to hear this shout like that. People have heard the sound and they've gone. 
and they're bringing miracles, signs and wonders, and revivals around the world. Right now, right now, it's happening. It's all happening here. But it is happening. We just got to give us some. So we pray. Father, we want to thank you for Jesus. We want to thank you that your word is a true word. Speak to everyone this morning the things that you want them to know and understand. That they might come to that place of submission and surrender to your will, no matter where they are at. And that which you are prepared to give them. But they will not throw to the dogs. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless us to hear the sound of heaven this morning. If you need prayer this morning, maybe you need a resurgence of hope, an assurance in your heart that you're on the right track, that God is still with you, that He's speaking to you, that He cares for you, that He's not going to let you down. You know, sometimes you need that. If you need prayer this morning for healing or deliverance or whatever it is, salvation, you're not saved. If you have not given your life to Jesus, today you must do that. Come. Come to the front. 